A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We're joined by writer and actor Hannah Kamani, who's got a new football-related play called England, and we spoke to her. She came into the studio. Uh, John Ronson, we had a yeah, chat with. Live the, from New York. Yeah. Uh, the uh, writer and podcaster and big art, well, lapsed Arsenal fan, as we discovered. Mm. And what else should we speak? Yeah, yeah, Shabana. And we looked ahead <laughs> to the Old Firm Derby tonight. Yeah. Big game under the lights. Jamie, you could have done the intro, really. You didn't need yeah, us. You had a chat. Right, yeah. I'm just I'm never, quite sure, never quite sure what we're putting in it. Um, and we had a chat. Uh, and you got involved. Here it all is. Six minutes past one. And before I say good afternoon, everyone, good mm. afternoon, Andy. I'm in need of, uh, of John Arlett's pronunciation of the great old uh, cricketer, WD40. Because listen to this chair, <laughs> isn't it? We stopped squeaking now all of a sudden. I'm, just, I'm, in the world's, I'm in the world's squeakiest chair. Remember um, him at May's Bounty. I must bring my three in one in every day. Anyway, it is <laughs> seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. What good a afternoon. Start. <laughs> Andy. Yes. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, Luna going well in the championship. You may have seen they've won five out of the last eight. Yeah, good and uh, yeah. their match winner last night, Harry Cornick. Yeah. And if he ever has a son, I hope he calls him Harry. He's got, yeah, to, got to, isn't he, really? For one, for fans of old crooners. Yeah. Well, not that old, is he, Harry? Well, he's not, he's not, he's not that old. He's, he, you know, he's still he's, junior. He's, he was kind of pre-Bouble. Bouble. Sinatra, <laughs> Connick Jr., Bouble. As okay. Sir Michael would probably put it on his show. And uh, UEFA have been a bit heavy-handed over this uh, small pizza place that do this Champions League pizza, and they've sort of basically issued a bit of a seesaw desist sort of situation. Really? Always reminds me of the, uh, the bloke who does get away with it, Roger Harrod's Carpets. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's a real business. Business, is it? it is, Roger. So, Howard. a local pizza place has been contacted by FIFA. Yeah, they've blown the whistle on a uh, clash with a German eatery selling a Champignon League pizza. Right. Pizza Volca restaurant, that's great, uses a name for its version covered in mushrooms or champignons in German. Oh, it's French. Yeah, okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> Champions, <laughs> Champions League, is Champions that what they've got with? League. Yeah, that's, that's all right, isn't it? It's a bit of a lame one, isn't it, really? <laughs> No-one's going to confuse the two, are they? <laughs> No. Yeah. Are you going to watch the Champions League? Do you know, oh, blimey, I was going to, but in the end I bought predominantly mushroom pizza instead. Oh, why didn't FIFA do something about it when they had the chance? It's ridiculous. Uh, <clears throat> one from the court circular yeah. involving the uh, my old friend, the Duke of Kent. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I wonder where you're going with that. Well, the, the Duke of Kent, <laughs> oh, okay. honorary Air Chief Marshal, right, uh, this morning was pre- present on the forecourt of Buckingham Palace. It's got a Co- forecourt? Fantastic. Yeah. I'll know where to fill up next time. <laughs> Great, wouldn't it? Obviously, the Get old the Duke of Kent. Court. He thought they said tennis court. Yeah, he was out, straight out there. He was but now knowing that um, <laughs> Buckingham Palace has got a forecourt. You yeah. can go in there, get some flowers for the other half. <laughs> Fantastic, can't you? It'd be brilliant. You can get yourself a little Costa. Don't have the machine. Do you think which minor members of the royal family operate in that? <laughs> yeah. So you're going off the forecourt. You're going to the foyer of Buckingham Palace. Well, we can guess who might be working there say, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Five, please. Pump five. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Do you want a torch? No, not really. No. One ninety-nine. I'm not interested. Yeah. Beatrice. Uh, David Beckham, uh, yep. I think he sort of made the mistake of doing a podcast. It's always dangerous for a famous person to do a podcast because the tabloids just listen and they lift the whole lot and make it into a big story. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this was all about his eating habits. He was with the uh, 
uh, chef of the River Cafe in London, one of London's finest eateries. Oh, you I like it there, do you? Oh, you go there nice. now and again, have a bit now of a splurge? Again, it's a special place, yeah, a yeah, special yeah, event nice. place, and very nice. And uh, so basically he did an interview with this woman, and he, he sort of talked about the wine, and he said... Uh, he said uh, that he gets very upset if, for example, the Chateau Latour isn't right. It ruins my evening. Yeah, it does. It ruins. You think, what a first world problem that really is, isn't it? Fantastic. <laughs> Chateau Latour, yes. Oh, no. Not quite the right temperature. It starts turning over tables. And honestly, trying boots around. I don't know Victoria Beckham. I think she's really clever. And, you talk uh, about her I enough. I do, yeah. yeah. But honestly, this would, she does have a certain demeanour. And this would explain it that she has grilled fish and steamed veg every day for dinner. Every night she has the same. Wow. That's not ideal, is Get it? a bit boring, wouldn't it? Well, it's not, you know, it's not very exciting, is it? Go on, not roly-poly pudding and custard. <laughs> Occasionally. Go on, Fried have, slice. Have one of those. It'll be lovely. Now, here's a nice story, and uh, not altogether unsurprising. Uh, it's about Mark Noble, the West Ham skipper, uh, mm. and he was chatting to Rio Ferdinand on uh, Rio's podcast, and um, he, he says that what he started to do now is he sweeps up the away dressing room after a game. Hmm. Uh, there was a, a match a little while ago when he had to go back and he'd forgotten something. And he asked, he said he was uh, one of the clubs, and he asked them to let him back into the dressing room. And he went in there, and all the old detritus was there, you know, tie ups yeah. and rubbish and bottles strewn. Bamian used to do that at Arsenal, was the same well, thing. Well, maybe he did. <laughs> but Mark, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Mark saw this and thought, it's not yeah. on that reflects on my club when I see it looking a state. So mm. he decided from that point on to sweep up the away dressing room when the team left it. And he gets a few funny looks from the boys saying, what are you doing? Mm. And he's now noticed that if he's not in a squad or he's injured, apparently some of the younger lads in the squad pick up the slack and they've started... Pick up the broom. To, but pick up the broom in this case. But I thought, what a nice touch. It is. You know, it's what a, a nice, nice story, uh, thing yeah. to do. And it always goes he's down well man. there. He is. Whenever a tradesperson turns up with a dustpan and brush, mm. you feel like you're in business. You're on their side. You ever get that, Andy? You get some spark comes in... Uh, or Chippy comes in. Yeah, I know, you, I know what you're got, saying. They yeah. Yeah, have absolutely. own dustpan and brush. Yeah. There's the two, isn't it? There's one that has their own um, custom made and yours. the one that says, have you got a dustpan and brush? Yeah. They're e- equally as good, but I think there is something about <laughs> yeah. having your own dustpan because you, you say, this is a, uh, a man or woman going to clean I'll up my own himself. Here every day, do you, would, you, would you mind? <laughs> it might be nice. With Simon Jordan, I probably need it. I think we probably <laughs> will do, yeah. Simon, Simon normally leaves a little bit of stuff lying about, doesn't he? You can tell he's to the man of born because he just leaves it for the producer. Although Charlie has scored a couple of quite nice-looking pens. He said, oh, Simon's left his pen. I always think it's going to be like 250 quid's worth of cross fountain pen. It generally isn't. I just try and sort of get the essence of his aftershave off the desk and wipe it on my beard. Save yourself about 50 quid. fortune. I wonder why you were rubbing your face on the desk. (laughs) (laughs) It does explain things. Anyway, clearing up after yourself or not. We're looking for tales like that. Those Maybe there's been tradespeople that have come in and haven't really covered themselves in glory. They don't even ask for the dustpan and brush, (laughs) let alone bring their own. And Andy, you've got a tale very quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, sporting cash in the attic. We might even speak to okay. the people behind this, but tell us about it. This is sisters Nikki Lane and Karen Douglas who found rare sports memorabilia in their late mum's garage and were stunned after it fetched £19,650 at an auction in Etwell in Derbyshire. So I did a bit of research because that's all there was. Yeah. And it was quite a famous auctioneer. And it turns out that, uh, obviously, their sisters, were they, their grandfather was Johnny Douglas, mm-hmm. a great English cricketer of the sort of turn of the century wow. time. Yeah, so... It was, a, I think, an auto, autograph book that he had and some other stuff that he had. Brilliant. It turned out to be worth 20 grand. Well, they are going to join us on, this, on the show tomorrow. But before that, maybe you've got some sporting cash in the attic. So we'll, mm. we'll take those as well. Uh, what have you discovered and uh, in what circumstances? And we're also after, is clearing up after yourself or not. Um, talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. We mentioned earlier on that Mark Noble likes to sweep the away dressing room when West Ham leave a Premier League ground or whichever ground because he thinks it leaves a better impression of his club, which we mm. thought was a nice touch. He said, we're always very impressed with tradespeople. And we left out the, the come with their own dustpan and brush. Building on that was Dave Willis, who's been in touch. He said, I'm a decorator, always have a hoover. Because I forgot, you need, ideally, a very knackered old Henry, a, a red mm. Henry, quite knackered, covered either in paint and or plaster. <laughs> you need one of those as well. A dusty old Henry. I always have a hoover and I'm meticulous about clearing up after myself. I wish the same could be said for Sparks. So he's kicking off. Ooh. Decorators versus Sparks. Uh, a bit of cable and wire all over the floor every single time along with half a plasterboard where they've moved a socket. Oh, it's trade wars. Trade wars has, uh, <laughs> has kicked off. Thank you, Dave. Well, let the... Uh, let the electricians come back and have a pop at you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, thanks for getting in touch this afternoon. A uh, bit of... Um, Annie was telling us about the, the two sisters who found some fairly lucrative sporting memorabilia, cash in the attic. Uh, this comes from Simon. Um, cleaning the sheds, the uh, New Zealand All Blacks uh, uh, have this ritual, which... Oh, no, so sorry, this is a different story. This is a clearing up after yourself. Cleaning the sheds, <laughs> that's right. Sorry, I've read the wrong one. The um, I thought he'd found something in his shed. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> of course, I'm with you now. Sorry, Simon. Uh, the New Zealand All Blacks uh, have this ritual, which is part of their culture. They feel, uh, they feel doing it properly so no one else has to become... Uh, no one looks yeah. after the All Blacks, that's right. As the All Blacks look after themselves, a well-known mantra within rugby circles. So, yeah, maybe Mark Noble I think just taking a bit of it from them. football team did this, didn't they? Yes, they did. They yeah. did the same sort of thing. But, yeah. you know, you kind of expect it in those... You don't necessarily expect it of, um, of you know, with respect, uh, yeah. a, a Premier League club. But it's nice to think they're out there doing it. I'm a dustman from Stratford. Well, not me personally, but John is. Um, and uh, yesterday I found in one of the bins at the London Stadium a few football contracts with no names on. Are they worth anything? Well, only if you get somebody to sign them, I yeah. suppose. I mean, Lord knows what you can do with them. There must be a sort of, well, what could that be? Just well, I don't know, it's just blank ones. Con- yeah. well, I could fill in the names. Just to make, if you're a West Ham yeah. fan, John, just put Killian Mbappe, a uh, player's name, <laughs> fee, 25 quid and you think oh you know you can just imagine yeah. what it would have been he like him holding up the shelf that's right so whatever you choose to do with those keep it legal the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast well Hawksby and Annie Jacobs here on TalkSport John Ronson will be uh, joining us a podcaster journalist broadcaster mm. uh, Arsenal fan and we'll be well, talking a bit no, of football. Nobody's perfect. He probably rarely gets the chance. He lives over in New York these days, mm. and how often he gets the chance to talk a bit of uh, football in this sort of arena. So uh, apart from talking about his tour, we will uh, find out more about his Arsenal supporting life. Um, Hannah Kamari's popping in to see us. She is a performer, writer and producer. She has written a play, she's a big football fan, Cov fan. Okay. And uh, she's written a, a, a one-woman play, which she is performing. And uh, she'll be telling us, it's called England, and she'll be telling us about that. And we've got the old firm derby, which I think have a lot of eyes down south on it tonight. I think everybody's ready to watch some yeah. competitive football. 
and uh, yeah, an old firm derby under the lights it's really nice happens. Staggered kick off with the Afcon semi final. That's a seven. Then you can watch that till half time. Then you can watch the old firm game. You've got it all worked out. Yeah. You've had your old marker pen out in the TV oh, yeah, times. It all worked good. out. Well, anyway, sport this week, and it's been it's been bad news for my wife. Oh, okay. We were looking at the planner last night. She's got all these medical programs she can't watch. Because okay. she she's them effectively, through all those medical programs she loves, kind of qualified as a doctor. I now. have, yeah, said that <laughs> to her, yeah, definitely. Well anyway, uh, in the meantime, the Talk Sports shop is open. We've got you covered this winter with entertainment everyone can enjoy. Wrap up with our discounted bundles or settle in with a Talk Sport mug and Talk Sport quiz book signed by Big Alan Brazil. Whatever the score is, head to talksport.com forward slash shop. There he is, Mr. Andy Backend Jacobs. <laughs> That's me. Bringing us all the Im- important <laughs> uh, information. I don't have a chance to talk about it most So I'm saying that a pub oh, is yeah, in Haymarket near Murrayfield. It's about halfway to Murrayfield. Yeah. It's going that way from where we are. So yeah. we're not that far out of town. So if you're in Edinburgh on Friday, it would be lovely to see you. So we've got some great guests the, joining yeah, us. It's on the edge. Haymarket's on the edge of Newtown. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. So um, do come and join us if you can. We'll be lovely to see you at Platform 5. Monday night, I watched the highlights of the women's test match. I hadn't realised. I'd sort of amazing. seen it. amazing, yeah. What a game of I know. cricket. I mean, that has to be the best test match in women's history, doesn't it? Was yeah. It? I've never seen a game shift so much in momentum. It was, even right, though I knew the, the result, wire. it was really exciting. And actually, bumming both finishes, really, both the games over the weekend. So yeah. they were fantastic, the, uh, the four were, wickets. But it was like a test match. It was more authentic, wasn't yeah. it? So it was good. Test match at his best, absolutely. And uh, our regular Monday... Uh, Football reviewer Paul Jiggins. I always like his uh, match reports. They're always good. He sort of ties it into something that's going on. He goes, The year of the. This is his report from Millwall. The year of the tiger kicked off with the yawn of the lions. As China celebrated their new year, Millwall and Preston put on a show that was anything. But a firecracker. Oh, nice. Marvellous. Beautifully well done, done. He's got skin in the game as well <laughs> for that one, hasn't he? I know, yes. Um, I, I, we've got the Winter Olympics starting and we'll, yeah. we'll be reflecting We've that, already yeah, got a victory in the curling. Oh, that's good. Know? That's good news, Andy. Yeah. Have you got curling news? Curling news. We haven't got a jingle for it, unfortunately. <laughs> that's a great shame. I've always loved the curling. A little bit of uh, breaking news from the world of football. Um, uh, we'll be getting that information for you in a few moments' time. In the, in, the, in the meantime, Andy, curling news. I can't find the guy. We beat Sweden, I think, in the first round. I oh, that's a good start. I can't start. find it now, but there you well, go. Well, funny enough, I saw... Um, did you realise that, uh, that the GB curling team do a um, calendar every year. They've been doing it since 2011 for a great cause. Mm. Uh, I didn't I, know they did yeah, it. Yeah, they do. They they uh, they put out these calendars. And the 2022 version, uh, it, I think must obviously clearly the men's team, yeah. they're all standing there. They're all kind of... Uh, and they're they're all in good nick. Oh, yeah. It's like the dream boys. They look fantastic. It's not one of those sort of nude things and they've got the broom strategically placed. No, no, no. No, okay. they're, they're clothed, but they are... They're, say they're all in really good shape. And, I, you know, mm. why would they not be? But it just struck me that... Maybe there is a kind of um, a sweeping fitness video out there for somebody because be clearly, good. constantly sweeping. <laughs> constantly sweeping does good. I mean, Mark, I think Mark Noble is going to be ripped, isn't he? By the I'm, time he's finished all those, I'm dressing thinking of inventing curling subutio. Okay, how's that going to work? Well, uh, how would you imagine it would work? Basically, you have a little uh, a little kettle, yeah, and a curling thing, which you know you freeze. You keep keeping the freezer, you get it out. So you'd have <laughs> like a little frozen, yeah, a little frozen sort of thing with a target on it. Can you have Sabutio Ice Dance then on that basis? Could you, <laughs> you do that? Sabutio anything, I Sabutio, Torville and Dean. <laughs> but how would you manoeuvre them on well, skates? Yeah, or... but... So you shove it. It's like shove, shove, shove it. Shove it. No, that works against Torville and Dean, really. But the... And would you have a mini broom? Little tiny yeah, broom? Yeah, little mini brooms as you do it. Two little mini brooms? Oh, I'm definitely putting, I'm putting a patent out on You've that. You've got no chance, mate. Sabutio curling. Have you got any other idiot ideas for Sabutio derivatives? Ronan Martin on the old box. Yeah. Okay, that will be good. Thumbs up. All right then. Uh, Let's bring you that breaking news to bring her her laughing. Let's let's, let's bring you that breaking news in the world of football then. Breaking news on Talk Sport. Yes, Toby Gillies has rejoined us. News from the Championship, Toby. Yeah, absolutely. We've just had this come from West Brom. West Bromwich Albion Football Club can confirm Valerian Ismail has today left his position as head coach. Assistant head coach Adam Murray has also departed the Hawthorns. The club would like to place on record its thanks to Valerian and Adam for their efforts and wishes them well in the future. The process, they say, of recruiting a new head coach is now underway and an appointment will be announced in due course. So West Brom have sacked Valerian Ismail. 
Thanks, Toby. Yeah, I think he's well, in absentia. I think he's yeah. in, I was reading today he's in Germany. He's gone over to see uh, yeah, right. some family. So, but I'm uh, looking at the results. He probably knew it was yeah, coming. Really, the text. crowd. <laughs> the crowd had turned on him a touch. I'm surprised so, the producer and Toby's still with us because Roy Hodgson is giving his first Watford news conference. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll bring yeah. you some of that. They'll be listening a, to a little it. bit later on. Well, you know, so, uh, are you looking forward to the return of the Premier League this weekend? Well, well, the return of Roy Hodgson. Obviously. Yes. That's right. Very much your act. We won't be returning because we're getting ready for the very important, as Tim Vickery will tell us, but nobody cares apart from him, World Club Championships. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so when does it start, the World Club Championships? Well, it starts this weekend, but Chelsea don't come into it until the semi-final. It's Krakatoa versus Atlantis. They, so you, yeah. you teams, the teams that matter, don't come There's into it. There's a first it. round, you can imagine. They, yeah. It's not even worth bothering with them at all. Yeah. <laughs> we need to make the National League, really. <laughs> then you've got the second round, and then you've got the semi finals, and then the final. So, do you just come in at the final? You? Well, it depends. I mean, you've got to hopefully you win the semi final. Yeah. Uh, who, who last you time, though, we were in it. Last time we were in it in 2012, hmm. we did pretty poorly under Benitez. It was a quite. We went Almost out, like you don't We went care. out in the semi final. Yeah. But uh, I think Tuchel will take it a bit more seriously. So. Uh, hmm. You know, it's a nice break for Chelsea as well. But they've got the cup on the weekend. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Where's it being played? The Not the cup. I mean, the... It's the, the Emirates. You know, the okay. Emirates. And, and who have you got in the cup? Um, Plymouth. Oh, OK. Home. Another tough draw for Chelsea. Yes, another tricky one. <laughs> Great. Have you, have you got we got Brighton a month, uh, Saturday evening. Is that away? No, at, at, at home. Oh, you made the point. It's a difficult one for fans to get yeah, home. Not easy for, yeah, not easy for the Brighton fans. Definitely um, not. So, anyway, um, we'll be, of course, bringing you all the uh, the cup action uh, yes. here on uh, Talk Sport. Cup soccer, as Dickie Davis uh, <laughs> once said. Do you want to hear some of the games we got? Oh, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, Kidderminster West Ham, we got that one for you, 12.30 on Saturday. Yeah, I think West Ham Before that, we got the biggie, the Manchester mm. United Borough on Friday night. We got Chelsea Plymouth, we're bringing you that one on Talk Sport 2, mm. 12.30. Then we got a game day live down window at Sellers Park, all the goals they go in. Then we've got Everton Brentford over on Talk Sport 2. Swansea Blackburn. Um, Everton Brentford, in... I think, is a very yeah, intriguing time, yeah. especially with Frank Lampard now coming in and the two new players. Deli Alley, though, I do think sometimes these players do fascinate me. I know he's a good player and he hasn't had a great time, but he's kind of blamed the three managers since Poch. Well, you think? well he hasn't. Well, I mean, he has, really. He, 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 well, he basically said, I, I want to enjoy my football. Like, I haven't enjoyed it under these three. It basically, it, it's not... There's no sort of self-awareness about the fact that he's been pretty poor. Really. Yeah, he has been. No, I mean, I think, you know, you know he said he wants to give special thanks to Pochettino. Yeah. He had a better relationship with Pochettino than the yeah. others, and, and, and he got the best out of him. But you could say it's a sort of backhanded sort mm. of knock at, at the I others. But, you know, if he's, if he's got any sense, he'll see. Mm. Uh, if the decent people around him, they'll see as well that he's got to up his game now. He's got to Everton. And, you know, in a strange way, as long as he doesn't... Score against us. I, I hope it works out for yeah, him because absolutely. you know you, you put well, a bit you of. You hope a, it works out because you'll get forty million. Yeah, quid. no, not so much that. You kind of when someone's yeah. giving you a lot of pleasure, like you kind of want to see them do well. I was interested. We'll talk to yeah. John Ronson about this in a minute. It's a fair bit of love for Aubameyang actually. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, that you know, it's a few Arsenal fans give him a send off. Nice quite, seven million pound payoff. I talk about being rewarded for failure. It's well, tremendous, isn't it? Well, some of them are saying thanks for everything you did. So well, he anyway. won a couple of cups, didn't he? Thanks to. Uh, some assistance from what's his name. Oh, okay. Anthony Taylor, is <laughs> it? One, he started yeah. that vendetta again. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Friend has been stood down by the PGMOL. Have you seen okay, this? Okay, what for? Uh, for his brilliant decision with uh, Gaeta and oh, uh, Jota. Okay. Well, and, he's uh, off the tall key at the weekend. But they've indulged in their usual no-fault backside covering exercise, saying, well, no, he's just going to referee, you know. And, Have a week and, off. A week off, or he's yeah. going to referee in the championship Anyway, John Ronson is up next. Uh, journalist, author, filmmaker, one-time member of Frank Sidebottom's band. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be chatting about his new tour, talking a bit of Arsenal. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Now, if you're a fan of uh, John Ronson's uh, podcast, you may well have already listened to th uh, Things Fell Apart, his uh, look at the uh, culture wars. And if so, you may like to go and see him in person. He's heading back to the UK to do some live dates around the podcast. And uh, he joins us now from New York. Good afternoon, John, or good morning. From Hello. Good morning. How yeah. are you? Yeah, good. Lovely to mm. talk to you. Big, big fan of your work and very much enjoyed this series as well. For those that haven't listened to it, just tell us a little bit more about it. Okay. Uh, well, I, I guess the starting point was I was online just watching friends of mine just 
ruin their lives because of the intensity with which they were fighting various culture war issues. People were losing their reputations and their families and you know their, their marriages were splitting up. And so, and, and by culture war, I, I, the, the definition of culture war, I guess, is a, the battle of dominance, the battle for dominance over conflicting values. Mm. So everything from uh, trans rights to critical race theory to abortion. Uh, anyway, so I was watching my friends fall apart. I wanted to make a show about it. I didn't want to make a show that would that would throw oil on the fire. So I decided to tell very gentle, twisty-turny human mm. stories about people caught up in the culture wars. Yeah, Paul introduced me to it, and uh, the one about Tammy Faye Baker. Who was, that was, was a, really yeah, I mean, I joined, I joined them all, but that one really struck a chord. They're all so different, and, and it's a story yeah. I didn't know. And I, I, I would imagine in terms of feedback, you've had an awful lot of uh, reaction to that. It was really powerful, very moving. Yeah, that particular episode, um, I had so many messages the day that it first aired on Radio 4. It's now a podcast that everyone can hear. Mm. So many messages of uh, people having to stop their car on the side of the road because they were crying so hard listening to it, they wouldn't safely drive. Uh, so I did like sitting in New York and thinking, I've just made... I've just made Britain cry. There's a film of, 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 the, of that story now, isn't there? Isn't that right? I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually coming out in, in a few days' time. So what happened was a few years ago, I was, I, I was researching Tammy Faye Baker and I came across this story about a particular day in Tammy's life when she interviewed a man called Steve Peters. And it was one of the most extraordinary stories that I'd, I'd ever found. Mm. And so I did a bunch of research in it a couple of years ago for a potential fiction project, which then fell by the wayside because of this movie, mm. um, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, which so, so I decided, well, I love this particular story, this one day in Tammy's life. So thank God I, I got the chance to do it for Things Fell Apart. And now the movie is coming out in a couple of days, yeah, starring fair. Jessica Chastain. Yeah, it looks very yeah. good. I was fascinated also by the first um, episode of Cancellation for, for a joke. It was way back, wasn't it? 1988 is quite incredible. Yeah, we we managed to find the first person in recorded history to be publicly shamed because of something they did on the internet. Oh. Uh, and it was and it was so interesting, particularly because it, it caused a huge commotion at the time. Like the, this guy published this joke, and the joke was considered offensive, and so this huge conversation for the very first time: what should we do about this? Should we ban this joke from the internet? Should we just allow all jokes, however offensive they are, and all information, even if it's untrue, to just flourish unencumbered? And this, this conversation was had by the people who were inventing the internet at the time. Mm -hmm. So, not only was it the first cancellation, but it was a it was a cancellation that then kind of defined how people would live on the internet for the thirty or forty years since. So it didn't, it didn't seem that bad to me, and I'm, <laughs> I'm also Jewish, and I didn't think it was that bad. But there you go. It's not the worst. <clears> it's not. Um, so the live dates you're doing, you're kicking off in in London at the end of March and travelling around the country. I mean, what as a kind of a live podcast? What elements will you bring to it? Uh, um, I will, well, what I always try and do when I do live shows based on something that I've written or done is try and make it work for both people who've heard it and who haven't heard mm -hmm. it. So uh, I'm, I'll be showing video clips that people haven't seen. I'll be playing some audio. I have a mystery guest. I'll be telling stories that I didn't tell in, in the show. Um, yeah, and, and I just hope people, so people like it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be London, Sheffield, Cardiff, uh, a few of the other places have sold out. I think Bristol and Nottingham have both sold out already. Uh, you, please come. Mm. Yes. Do you find social media, the culture wars, wearing? I mean, isn't it just people basically shouting at each other, but neither side are listening? It's the worst. I mean, it's terrible. It's terrible for so many reasons. Um, for a start, Twitter is the world's worst information swapping service. Uh, we tear somebody to shreds. Two days later, we found out that we did it on completely erroneous information. And do we then self-reflect? No, we just move on to the next person. So that happens over and over again on Twitter. It, it encourages, obviously, I mean, I write about this in, in book so even publicly shamed six, mm. six or seven years ago it encourages us all retreating into our 
you know, comfortable echo chambers, and that if somebody gets into our echo chamber who has an opinion that we disagree with, we just sort of frantically just, you know, eject them. Um, there's good things about social media too, of, of course, but I think this aspect of it, this, these, this, this violent weapon that we utilize without really thinking about the consequences is a, is a very poor side of it. Now, here we are on TalkSport, so we'll look at some mm. football connections finally. And uh, one is your time as the keyboard player with an occasional guest on the show, Frank Sidebottom, a man who loved his football. But yeah, you did play, you played keyboards in, in Frank and Chris's band, didn't you? Yeah, for, for a number of years, like mm. three or four years. Um, uh, yeah, fortunately, uh, the only chords I knew were C, F and G. And <laughs> fortunately, those were the only chords that you needed to know to be in the Frank Sidebottom of Blimey Big Fan. It's like a match made in heaven. I'll tell you what, I was, I was like 20 years old. Nothing makes a young man feel more alive than you know driving up the M6 at three o'clock in the morning next to a man yeah. wearing a big fake head. Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> you, you did the documentary, didn't you? I didn't do the documentary. Oh. I, um, that that was a guy from Cardiff. Um, I, I wrote a movie, a sort of fictionalised yes. movie called Frank. I wrote it with Peter Straw and that mm. got made starring Michael Fassbender. But no, there's a brilliant documentary called Being Being Frank, which tells mm. oh, yeah. the, the truth story. Yeah. And you are a, a Arsenal fan. Fair to call you lapsed since you, you moved away. I am. You know, I tried to keep it up. I was a season ticket holder. Um, well, uh, that's that's not fair to say that. I was a club level, I was a club level season ticket holder, which meant I got to jump the queue by paying an extra couple of thousand pounds, which I always feel guilty about. Um, <laughs> but, but 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 for a few years, I just loved it. I, you know, I went with my son every week. It was just something normal. It was just something normal and and routine to do, and that just felt very important at the time in my life. But once I moved to New York. Because it was like the experience of going to the Emirates that I loved so much, it, mm. I did laugh when I moved. And, wh- and why Arsenal for you? Because you're originally from Cardiff, aren't you? I am, but we lived in Islington and Highgate oh, for no. most of our lives. So, uh, yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah. Uh, we toyed when my son was trying to figure out which team to support. For a little while, he supported Hull City randomly. <laughs> Why? Just, just <laughs> out that is quite random. <laughs> it was so random. I remember we, I took him up to, to Everton and those plaintive cries of silverware, we don't care, we'll follow Hull City everywhere. Just so... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we, we switched to Arsenal quite quickly. Well, <laughs> Clearly, silverware doesn't matter either. Yeah, well, I mean, oh. it, 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 who knows? It's not been that long, not as long as it has been for my team, Tottenham, but there we are. Um, right. look, good to talk to you, John. Thanks very much. Best of luck yeah, on the tour. That was a pleasure. That was lovely talking to you. Uh, you can go to johnronson.com or at John Ronson. But please be nice. We've just been talking about social media. And um, <laughs> and you can get all the dates there to go and see. And, and do really recommend the podcast. They're all very different. Mm. And yeah, it's excellent. You've been you've been listening to them very good. Yeah. All of his series are they? Uh, uh, he's done about three or four really good uh, podcast series. So do go and check them out wherever you get your podcasts. Anyway, uh, we're going to be oh, we're sticking with the arts. We got a, 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 somebody popping in to see us in the studio. Hannah Kamari is the performer, writer, and producer of a new football-related play. Don't She'll be in to see us. Then we'll mm. be looking ahead with her own Shabana and to uh, she's working tonight at a uh, first old firm derby um so she'll be joining us to look ahead to that one the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. We're going to have a chat now about a new football-themed play. It's called England, and uh, it's written and performed by Hannah Kamari, and she's joined us in the studio. Hannah, good to see you. Hello, good to be here. You, uh, you're half Scottish, half Indian. It's a play about England. Yeah, exactly. I um, <laughs> That's kind of exactly what it's about. I was born in the Midlands, so grew up feeling very English. Mm. Um, but I think as a lot of mixed-race people, you're kind of straddling different identities, and I think football is really kind of brings out that question for a lot of people of national identity and it's one of the reasons why I wrote the play. Yeah, and you used to go and watch Coventry when yeah, you were living there. That was there. your route into the game, wasn't it? It mm. really was, yeah. Mm. My first ever game was Coventry versus Man City in the FA Cup in 96. It was 2 all, um, and I was just hooked straight away. Wow. Um, the atmosphere, the adrenaline, not dissimilar to theatre. And then I got a season ticket, so I was going through all the kind of sky blue glory days. 
Right. Dublin. And bit, when you've been in London, mm. living in West Ham, a bit of uh, sorry, living in East London, a bit of West Ham, and you're now in Somerset and you're watching non-league football. Yeah, go along to Froome Town um, where I ca- when I can, and I'm going to be doing the play there at the ground as well. Um, it's a great um, mm. team, Badgers Hill. The stadium oh, is cool. Oh, okay, fantastic! It's very <laughs> impressive. Actually. They're fantastic. So, tell us a bit about the the play. Yeah, so I'm a massive football fan since the 90s and um, in June 2020, in the wake of the kind of BLM protests, there were some counter-protests that sprung up around protecting statues and there was a particular group, um, football group, that was involved and I saw some of the videos online um, and, you know, it's the same as some of the things you see at England Games. I just found it really upsetting because I love the game so much. It can be such a positive. It just prompted me to reflect on my own experiences and that's when I ended up writing mm. the play. So it's very, sort of very autobiographical. It starts just the year after the of Euro 96, doesn't it? It's not set now. Yep, it's set in 1997. Mm. So some parts are very autobiographical. And I think, um, as a lot of writers do, I've dramatised some of it um, to serve the story. But some things, like the first game that I went to, are in there. So it's very much inspired by things I've witnessed and experienced. Mm. And you've changed the end. We were talking about following England, how it can sometimes be not the most pleasant experience and uh, you've changed the end haven't you in light of what happened in the Euros in the summer yeah that's right I did a run of performances just during the Euros in fact at German Street Theatre and I myself got really caught up in the euphoria and it felt like really feel good for a while and then on the day of the final kind of the scenes that we were seeing it was almost like oh we're here again and it just made me reflect on what I was showing in the play you're right. Yeah. It went from feel good to feel bad. That's exactly right. That's yes. exactly what happened. And just sort of, um, what's the kind of the sort of theme of it then? Really, is it? It's kind of just through your eyes as a, as a football fan of of uh, from somebody who's mixed race. Is that is that essentially the core of it? Yeah, the the core of it. The themes are like identity, national identity, racism, discrimination, um, and I think that question of what does it mean to be English and who kind of gets to define what that means. Mm. And how long have you, are you more actor than writer or more writer than actor or have you always done both? Um, so previously I was more of an actor. I did that for a long time and it's the last two years that I've really started writing and producing my own work as well. Yeah. And it's a one-woman play, so you can't fall out with anybody else in the cast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no one else to cover up your mistakes either. That's true. Is that quite a thing to have to carry? Or how long is it? The whole um, it's just under an hour. Yeah, it's still a lot to carry on stage, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it does take up a lot of energy. Luckily, I have quite a lot of energy, but um, it's definitely more of a challenge than being an on, in mm. an ensemble piece because mm. you're carrying the whole thing, as you say. And what sort of reactions you get from people when you've performed it? Um, I take it you have. So have you done some performances of the play so far? Yeah, I did yeah. a mini run of four nights at German Street Theatre and I've done two other performances mm. in Bristol and London since then. And how different are the reactions from people who like football and follow football and those that don't just go and see it as a straight piece of theatre? Yeah, so the reactions I've had, and obviously I might be a bit biased, but I have um, had feedback that lots of people from different backgrounds get different things from the play. Mm. Um, obviously some people really connect with the themes, maybe they've got lived experience of those. Um, other people seem to really like the obscure 90s football references and people who don't like football I think it's about you know if you're passionate about something it could be any hobby so I think it does appeal to lots of yeah. different people you were saying you'd not really witnessed any racism at football when you were a Coventry fan and you went and watched the Rangers went up with your dad and saw a Rangers Arsenal game when our old friend Ian Wright was a, a, abused in the match and you said that was a you know it, it shocked you and, and upset you it did really shock me um, and upset me. I think I was about 12 or 13. We used to go on holiday to Scotland every summer and my dad took me to this friendly and it was a, a guy, older man next to me. Um, obviously, I'm not going to repeat what he was saying, but it was just constant throughout the whole game. Mm. Um, and yeah, I didn't really witness a lot of racism at Coventry. So it, re- it did really upset me. And I think it was the fact that nobody else seemed to kind of be bothered that he was saying that. I mean, I think I was the only non-white person in that stand that day. Mm. Um, but it's always stuck with me. And I've, I've read other things that he's talked about. I think it was a Barnsley fan that later wrote him a letter apologising yeah. a number of years later. 
it, it, it's it's obviously not put you off, has it? Um, you know, you still you still go and see football. I mean, you still. I mean, things have look. They're not perfect, but things have got better. Things have changed. Do you feel like that? Yeah, I definitely feel like that. I think there's a long way to go, and sometimes it can feel like we're taking steps backwards. But I think there's a lot of people, like the Football Supporters Association, who are supporting my play. Um, their fans for diversity campaign, kind of getting a different image of football fans out there, which in turn encourages other people to go, which kind of makes it a more welcoming environment i think yeah when's so, it on hmm. when where is where it yeah so we're taking it all around the country um we're doing two nights in warwick arts center um we're doing a performance at the national football museum on the 10th of oh, march great. which i'm really excited have about i have been there yeah, as a good, visitor it? it's great mm. yeah it's great when i went they had the football shirt exhibition on actually so I got a snap of myself with the Coventry shirt. Um, <laughs> we're going up to the Northeast Base Camp Borough, which is a kind of newish arts venue. They're very connected to the club as well. Um, Froome Town, lots of Southwest venues, Exeter Phoenix. Um, so it's about 17 venues in total. Fantastic. Brilliant. And you have to wear an England shirt. So how does that play with the uh, the Scottish part of the family? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's actually the first time I've worn an England shirt, which is right. really kind of ties into the themes. Um, and yeah, I'll maybe just hope that they don't mind too much. <laughs> I've got a Scotland scarf as well in the kit bag. So <laughs> Oh, okay. yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, just have a Scotland T-shirt or something underneath. So uh, yeah, um, Hannah Kamari, so people can find all the dates. Where can they find them online, I take it? Is yeah, it? so um, the piece is being co-produced by Wolab, which is a theatre company and um, on their website wolab.co.uk um, forward slash Ingerland all the dates and links are there to buy the Brilliant. tickets is that W-O-L-A-B exactly yeah nice one Hannah we wish you well of it thanks very much for Thank popping you in so to see much. us uh, Hannah Kamari's play England go and check out all the details and go and see it on tour it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport Shabana Hearn joins us very shortly she'll be working at her first old firm derby I take it it's not her first experience of it um, but it mm. will be pretty special under the lights tonight she'll be quite the atmosphere mm. and as we said a lot of eyes down south on it simply because everybody's been starved of football Andy's got his evening I've planned, planned out, AFCON yeah. and, and <laughs> old firm so uh, Shabana joins us shortly as we look ahead to that game The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast Firm Derby this evening, and uh, it should Always be a lively. cracker. Yeah, it's, as I say, it's normally sort of midday on, on, on a Saturday or Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, obviously, for obvious reasons. But yeah. under the lights uh, tonight should be uh, should be red hot atmosphere at Celtic Park, and Celtic's incentive, of course, there's going to be a red card, isn't it? If they win, <laughs> if they win, uh, is they'll go above Rangers. Um, and now, um, mm. I saw I saw a tweeting earlier on today on Shabana Hearn saying it's her first old firm derby. I take it that's working and not uh, visiting. Let's find out. Shaban joins us now. Good afternoon, Shaban. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Good, thank you. So is this, this is not yeah. you witnessing your first old firm derby, or is it? Yeah, no, this will be my first witnessing there in the, in the actual grounds tonight. It's funny because... It's very, very different world up here when you come into Glasgow and it's a, a Celtic Rangers night or an old firm or a Glasgow derby, whatever side it is you're on, whatever you want to, you want to call it. But when we were wee and grown up, my dad would always say he would never have let us go because it was quite a different time and it can get quite heated. So I was never allowed to go to one and um, this will be my first one. I'm working tonight, but it's at Celtic and I'm I'm nervous and I'm excited and oh god, it's it's just I've no idea how this is going to go. It's the best atmosphere yeah. I've ever been to at a game, and I've you know been really? lucky through this job to to see mm. some derbies around the world, and mm. I, nothing prepares I had you. A slightly different experience. I'd really? say pre-match it was the best atmosphere, one of the best, not quite as good as Boca, but pretty yeah. good. But the only thing is, Celtic lost. And so right. the atmosphere was like any other football. It was the noise the home, at kick-off. when the home team are losing. I'll never forget the noise just before kickoff. And Ali was playing that. That's oh, yeah. how long ago it was. Um, mm. <laughs> but no, no, it was but just before yeah. kickoff was incredible. But it exciting. is. It's just an amazing atmosphere, and I think that's going to be heightened in the fact it's a, it's an evening game tonight, your man. Yeah, and it's it's just sixty thousand four hundred Celtic fans tonight, and that'll be <laughs> against you know eleven Rangers players, their their, their bench, and uh, their new manager as well. So. You know, last time round, it was a 1-0 win for Rangers. This is Ange Postacoglu's first, um, you know, meeting with Rangers at Celtic Park as well. And what I'll tell you is that when it comes to midweek fixtures for Rangers and Celtic and Celtic and Rangers, 
Celtic have won the last three when it comes to midweek. Now, you mentioned that one with Ali McCoyst. You cast your mind back to 2011 in December. That's when both Ali McCoyst and Neil Lennon went head-to-head and it all got a bit heated. I think there were three red heart cards in that game as well. So uh, midweeks, you know, speak a lot for themselves as well. So it should be it should be a belter tonight. Yeah, unfortunately, Aaron Ramsey, who exciting signing for Rangers, but he's uh, lacks match fitness. So you're not going to throw that would have been yeah, talk about baptism of fire. And, and also Morelos, who whenever I've watched yeah. Rangers has been pretty effective. He's away with Colombia, so there are a few key mm-hmm. players missing, aren't there? Absolutely. I mean, Celtic taking advantage that tonight, and Celtic are missing one of the key players as well, still out with injury. It looks like. Uh, for the time being, Kyogo will be part of the squad tonight as well. Uh, but of course, Celtic have had a very exciting transfer window. And when, when you talk about, you know, I, th- I think what Rangers did on that last day of the window was huge for Scottish football. It's huge for Rangers, absolutely no doubt about that. But you're right, you know, we haven't seen Aaron Ramsey featured a lot of late. Um, but when you look at what Ange Postacoglu has done in the transfer window as well, is focus on that J-League, that market that he has such a fascination with. What he's done with Kyogo coming at the club who's been out of this world you know he's, he's been untouchable and he's been brilliant for Celtic and then we've seen Rio Hatati and Days and Mida get man of the matches and goals in the two games that they've featured in mm. and of course Matt O'Reilly as well coming in from NK Dawn so it's been very different transfer windows for Rangers even the, the signing of Dialio as well you know I'm, I'm married into Manchester United so I was like oh no when he went to Rangers I was mm. I was like what's going on here and um, so both very active windows both very very different and I think tonight will be the test for them all. Yeah, they're coming off the back of a mad game at the weekend, Rangers. That's three all draws. Bonkers match, wasn't it? Oh, and it just it, it perfectly teed up tonight, mm. guys, because with Rangers then drawn out 3-3 up in Dingwall, as that kind of full-time whistle went, it was coming up to the 92 minutes and Celtic still were nil-nil. For, for Abada to put that, that goal in in, the, in you know, the final breath of the game, to just close that gap ever so slightly to two points means tonight, it's a huge game for both teams. You know, Rangers either going, you know, five points clear or Celtic going top of the league, which is, I must say, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a long time since that's happened. It feels like that anyway. Um, so I, I have, you know, no doubt that both Rangers and Celtic are going to give it some tonight, but mm. Celtic will have the backing of 60,400 yeah. fans there in the ground yeah. as well. It is a proper title race this year, isn't it? Which is good. So. Yeah. We love that. That's what that's what you want to see. I mean, it was a pretty, you know, gutting season, obviously, last last time round for Celtic and what Ange has done. Naturally, I'm I'm speaking, you know, from my Celtic loyalties at this yeah, point in time. Can, but you know, we can hear that. I'm glad but, you're not covering up because everyone's going. She's a Celtic fan. <laughs> She's doing it for Celtic no, TV. It'd be a bit much if she was a Rangers fan. <laughs> um, but the, the people are a bit she sniffy about. To just point that out. <laughs> yes, of course. People were a bit sniffy about Ange Postecoglou when he got the job, and we know, speaking to sort of Australian mm. football journalists, they were really keen for him to do well and felt he would. He was a good man, and he prove himself and it, it, it took a little while but as you said with his now surround the Japanese market players he's brought in I think is he is he won the fans over you think those that were doubting him absolutely I mean you're right only seven months ago myself and Alan Brazil and Ali McCoyst were working together one morning when it was rumoured that Ange Postacoglu was coming in and, and Alan was going what the heck are we doing what is this all about and Ali McCoyst is clapping Celtic you know all that all that you know, fancy <laughs> and um, you know and, and, and he's just turned it around you know not only is, is Ange you know been a great manager he's instilled that faith with the fans he's brought in exciting players you know he's built a real a real vibe around Celtic again and he's had a tough job and uh, you know I actually listened to a podcast from years ago with Ange Postacoglu and he was talking about he enjoys the fact of going somewhere that nobody knows him because you know the expectation is almost less that you know okay well we need to give him a chance because we don't know anything about this guy and and he's I have to say when when you come here the pressure cooker of being a Celtic manager or a Rangers manager we know that from our Ali McCoyst as well um you know what kind of environment that you are in and what you're exposed to it comes down to nights like this. And we'll see how going where nobody it. knows them, though. That's not true. <laughs> oh, much, I, I, I love not being recognised at all. It's marvellous. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be doing this for Celtic TV pitch side uh, at Ibrox, would you, Shaban? Although, I don't know if... They, yeah, I mean, no. it, 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 no, you wouldn't want to be, be that No, person. that wouldn't be great. Yeah, have you got... So, uh, as part of the Celtic TV coverage, do you have a Rangers player there or not? 
No, no, it's <laughs> tonight. It's, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, we can't even get a fan in, never mind the next Rangers but, uh, player at the moment. But uh, no, it's John Hartson tonight and John Collins. Uh, oh, so both that sounds very two men with experience yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, when it comes to going up against Rangers. So it should be a good laugh tonight. Yeah, it should be brilliant. Yeah, you're gonna, you will love the atmosphere being, uh, you know, being pitch side for something like that will be pretty amazing. So, and uh, Alan mm. and Ali are on breakfast tomorrow. Oh, so, yeah, that's uh, going to be fun. Yeah, the fallout will be interesting. <gasps> so. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought that far ahead, actually, till tomorrow morning's breakfast show. Well, I've already actually been texting Alan about it, and he's like, it's a hugely point, you know, it's all about set pieces, and I thought, well, if I see Ange tonight, I'll pass on that message. Yeah. Alan, <laughs> Alan Brazil yeah. says... <laughs> it's all about it. the banner. Well, <laughs> enjoy your first one, Shaman. Thanks very much. Uh, looking forward to it, guys. I'll see you next week, OK? Take yeah, care. Brilliant. Take care. Shabana and there, who uh, is presenting for Celtic TV. Seems a shame they haven't got someone like Ali up there just pitch side to, to give the Rangers view. <laughs> Should it? <laughs> you wouldn't would want to be there if you lost, would you? No. Wouldn't want to be there. If no you lost. one wants to be around if you lose. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. The the one I saw, and I, Ali played in the one I saw. It was it was Lou Macari's first game in charge. Of uh, of Celtic, and they went to they went to Ibrox, and they won Ibrox. So it was a very strong Rangers mm. team with uh, Hately and, and Ali and stuff. And uh, yeah, Ali Maxwell dropped one. It was his first game, I think, and go mm. and he dropped the ball, and uh, Celtic scored a winner right at the death. Um, didn't go down massively well at It should be special, though. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, uh, we'll keep you in touch with that one this evening. Uh, Dan Windle and uh, um, Dan, who's Dan alongside? Uh, Darren Ambrose tonight. So the two guys will keep an eye on all the goals they go in. in He's uh, dropped the transfer part of his name now. He only keeps it for January. Oh, does he? Right, OK. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Andy will be with us in the studio for the birthday spread. Charlie yeah. will be presenting the show alongside me. Do hope you can join us. If not, the podcast available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.